Reconciliation is the focus of this week's gospel. Here's the story. Jesus said to disciples, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. And if the member listens to you, you, you know, you've regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So to take this text at face value, most can agree that Jesus has given instruction on how to reconcile with a fellow member of the faith. This is good teaching, but many of us are inclined to do the opposite. I mean, it's human nature. Jesus wants us to be genuine, and he wants us to be reconciled with each other. And so he actually gives us a process for that to happen. If you're offended or you're hurt by somebody's action, you go uh, to them directly. You resolve it. If they don't listen to you, then you need a witness to the fact. So you go and get a third party to witness the interaction. And if the offender still won't listen, then you bring it before the church. And if that doesn't work, you treat them as a tax collector or a Gentile, which may not mean what you think it means. But more on that later. I've seen this process of confrontation and reconciliation carried out in different ways. Uh, Even in the literal sense, uh, I was young when this happened, but there was uh, a time where a a young unmarried couple, they were dragged before the community to confess their sins after the girl turned up pregnant. It sounded like a cliche from the 50s, but I saw it happen. As I reflect on this particular incident in my youth, I I don't think this was Jesus' intention. I think the uh, process that I witnessed was misguided. The idea of going one-on-one to begin with is to resolve the matter directly and quickly, but also quietly without bringing judgment and shame. Maybe I'm wrong, and if anyone who hears this knows different, let me know, but the only people Jesus went out of his way to embarrass or shame were religious leaders. I mean, they were his favorite target. In my experience, usually judgment brings with it a sentence, some sort of punishment. And in judgment, there's no reconciliation. You know, relationships tend to be broken. And so Jesus has actually given us a process to prevent that from happening. But many of us, well, we prefer to reverse the order of things. If I'm offended, well, the first person I tell is not the offender, but another person, someone to share that anxiety of what I'm going through. And this actually tends to relieve the anxiety that I'm feeling for a bit, but the offense is still there. And so the anxiety may creep back up and I, you know, because I'm still angry, I'm hurt. And so I go and I find somebody else to talk about it with. And you see what's happening here. This happens often in families in the office or sadly in churches. I mean, there's been many churches that have collapsed or split over issues that probably if they were dealt with directly, uh, it would, they would still be here today. But moving on. Though it may seem difficult, it's always better if we follow this teaching of Jesus' of reproof and reconciliation this order that he's given us. 
something that sticks out here is uh, Jesus's comment: "Let them be as a Gentile and a tax collector to you." I mean, wh- what are we seeing here, Jesus? Uh, some sort of bias? Is this a, like a prejudice or something? What is this? I mean, it sounds terrible. Let them be as a Gentile and a tax collector to you. It sounds almost like Jesus is casting them off. But if I look at Jesus' interaction with tax collectors and Gentiles, I mean, we see something different. I mean, we know he sat with the tax collectors. He ate with them. Uh, he even called Matthew, a tax collector, to be a, a disciple for him. As for Gentiles, I mean, Jesus was known to be a wanderer to the outside of social norms. I mean, we see him interact with the woman of tear, and though maybe not the best way of interacting, I mean, he did listen to her and acknowledge her. Uh, he, you know, interacted with a Roman centurion. Uh, you know, if, if you really want to see Jesus mingling with Gentiles, the Gospel of Luke is, is pretty good at that, uh, letting you see that. But anyway, so, it, you know, you think about it, if Jesus is willing to consistently seek out these outsiders, if you will. Perhaps here Jesus is not saying to us, cut off the offender from the community, shame them and embarrass them, they are no longer a part of you. Maybe Jesus is actually becoming more extreme. Perhaps this whole process is an escalation in reconciliation. First, one-on-one. And then if that doesn't work, you get two, two or three people with you and you go and you address this situation again privately. Then, if that doesn't work, then you get the community involved. And then if that doesn't work, you don't cast them out. You turn them over to God's grace. Then you're always connected to them. You stay connected to this individual. We call it a healthy connection. You're always praying for them. This is evident in the latter part of this text. Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. I mean, some of us would like to take that one little snippet of scripture and get somebody to pray with us about a lottery winning. But that's not what Jesus is praying, uh, talking about. He's talking about praying for others. The community is not to expel the offender, but to pray for them that the body of Christ would remain whole. got to ask the question in this whole reconciliation business, is it easier to reconcile or to cast out? Is forgiveness easier than judgment? Or are we to cast out at all? I mean, did Jesus want to expel brothers and sisters from the faith, from the community, or did it continue to seek reconciliation, to seek grace? We love to say that Jesus is the great example, and we ask always, you know, what would Jesus do? You know, some people have little bracelets that they wear that has that on it. I think Jesus would persist in reconciliation. You got to think about it. Where would you, me, or anyone, where would we be if Jesus cast us out simply because of our sins? <laughs>